You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. All right, everybody, it is uh, Christmas on that weird period between Christmas and New Year's. But if you're listening to this on Phoenix 2.5 FM, Happy New Year. It is 2022. Yes, the sequel to 2020, which we're all uh, so happy to have. And uh, this is the pro, the Wrestling Rewind, of course, bringing you the best of pro wrestling in the past, usually. But uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. I guess it's in the past, where we're going to look back at 2021. Because, you know, Martin and myself mainly cover stuff from the 2021, which we do know. But we are joined by the one, the only, James Truepenny. James, welcome back to the show, man. How have you been? I've been all right. I, I welcome to come back to my, my annual appearance for the Rewind and uh, blessed to be in the company of such fine gentlemen. We appreciate it. Uh, it's, uh, it I think it's the first time we've talked to Martin. So, Martin, how are you? Oh, flying. You know, just uh, like you say, in that Christmas New Year's lull where you're regretting eating too much and drinking too much and <laughs> it's hanging weird. out with too many members of your family. I'm in work at the moment, not at the moment, but I am in work over this period, and like nothing's going on. So you're just sitting there going, "This is pointless." <laughs> like nobody's here. <laughs> like, you're just sitting there going, "Well, I guess I should be doing something." But yeah, it's I don't know. I no one should work over this period because nothing happens and no one does anything. So it's I, like, I, I went, I went back to I did one day's week of private teaching during the holidays at the moment. So I went back to my old hometown for work today. And there was nothing open for lunch. There was one pub open for lunch. And I had the saddest burger and chips oh, man. in the world. <laughs> it was like, you know, like I said, don't don't put the salad on. We put it on the salad. I said, oh, I'm not going to eat it. So, and if you put it in the bun, it'll just make it horrible and cold. So that, just, just give me the bun. And you expect kind of at least a sesame seed bun that they may have toasted. But no, it was just a white bat with oh, a burger well. and the thinnest fries I've ever seen on a plate. See, they they do not even care one bit. They're like, we're we're like, no, this doesn't matter. This doesn't count until New Year's, and maybe not even New Year's because it's a bank holiday. I don't know it's bank holiday in the UK, but in Ireland it is on the Tuesday. So nothing really starts. As I said before the show, we've had a lot of technical issues. I've got a computer because my PC basically exploded in front of me, and uh, yeah, then I ordered it. Have to return it. I have no idea when it's arriving. Could be next <laughs> week. Could be next year. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, tomorrow, well, well, next week and next year are one and the same. Well, that's a good point actually as well. But I meant twenty twenty three. But um, anyway, we do have a lot to get through this week. Uh, twenty twenty one in in and of itself was an interesting year. We have two guest um, picks. So we say anyone who uh, checked out the Nerd to Know Basis show 
uh, over the week, uh, well, over the weekend, would have known the kind of format that we we took because it is the format that we use on this show as well, where we have our match of the year, rest of the year, etc. But we also had some write-ins. Uh, Chris from our, upon the turnbuckle uh, and Bryn from there to know. Um, dropped in with his picks as well and of course they're all AEW stuff so it's like I don't know if it's true or if, you, if it's just true or if he's just like trolling me I, I can't tell it could I, be both I, I will say um, obviously I was part of the Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine Awards this year and there was a lack of WWE action of a phenomenal level because mm. you, you mean to tell it. me that the zombies didn't win anything nah it was it, um I mean, I mean, uh, Bianca Belair was third best wrestler of the year, and I think uh, Roman Reigns was second. So they didn't do too bad, but there was a big drop off. <laughs> See, uh, it's not that I I don't agree with the picks, but I don't know if he picked them because he believes it or because he's trolling me. <laughs> That's the thing, I just can't tell. Although at least it wasn't all Cody, because then it would have just been a full troll. So maybe <laughs> yeah. he does believe it. Maybe he does. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. So guys, again, thank you both for being on the show. That's okay. Uh, how was your Christmas before we get into it? Um, decorate Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were saying your... Uh, painting your rooms and stuff. It. Yeah, I, I, had some, I had some decorated to do. I had some chilled out. I watched some cool movies. I watched a lot of wrestling, because that's what I do, mainly. Um, I watched the DDT show called... Uh, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but I watched DDT show on Saturday. That was really funny and really, really cool. Um, and, um, yeah. So yeah, watched a load of wrestling, did some painting. Martin, how was yours? Yeah, sure. I went down to see my ones and everybody's kind of hemming and hand about who you can and can't see. You know, oh, should we go and see Mary? But Mary's second cousin tested positive there a week ago. And maybe if we go and see Mary, but just stand in the garden. And then I just came back up to my house and played Hades for three days. You know what I'm thinking of doing in the new year when my computer does arrive? I'm just going to get a meta headset. And then just go to Meta and like never leave. Oh, <laughs> into, <laughs> genuinely into, into Summerland. Yeah, just see all your life is going to become an episode of Red Dwarf. Well, the thing about it is, or it's Black like, Mirror, or Black, 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 <laughs> Black Mirror was a was a, a, a what what does um what does Paul Heyman say? A spoiler, not a what? Was oh it like? yeah, a spoiler, not a prediction. Not a prediction. Yeah, it's like that's just going to happen <laughs> just because of that whole thing where you're like. Oh, no, the best one, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, Irish listeners will be, James. But uh, So, in the space of two days, they went from, okay, everything, we're not going to do any restrictions, no more restrictions before Christmas, too. Everything closes at 8 o'clock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? So, the cinemas and stuff all close at 8 o'clock for no reason. It's like, okay. Because you can't just, catch COVID oh, after 8 o'clock. Like, they haven't reduced anything, it's just like... We're just going to make it more inconvenient. So, like, I went to go see Spider-Man. It was grand. Went to go see The Matrix. It was, like, jumping through, like, a million hoops to try and get into the cinema and then get home. It's like, you've com- you've made the problem so much worse because everybody now is squeezing it into a smaller time frame. Well done. <laughs> That's why I'm saying, look, a VR headset, the meta, you're fine. Just sit there and go, you know what? The world can burn around you, but you can have, you know, whatever you want in the metaverse. So we might have to start doing the show in the metaverse. It's the same argument I make for 24 hours drinking. Like the trouble only <laughs> the, the trouble only starts when you put 200 people out onto the street at the same time. This is but fair. Yeah. Once the air hits you, and then you're you're in a bad yeah. way. If you had lads just staggered in and staggering out as and when it suited them. There's I can't argue with that. <laughs> I, I genuinely can't. But anyway, so lads, 2021 was a weird year. Um, we well, it was a weird year in general, but for wrestling. 
we went from the return of fans to no fans to the return of fans again to the return of CM Punk to Walmart greeter Punk to uh <laughs> To to a rake of people being fired from the WWE, and then also some just incredible wrestling, which all came pretty much exclusively from AEW and Impact Wrestling. So this list is quite interesting, where it's like I am going to counterbalance it with some Impact Wrestling because nobody watches Impact Wrestling, which you totally should. Uh, 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 I do a little bit. I know, I know you do, but the majority of people don't because they're all want their AEW. And well, just, I, you know, I, I, I watch the girls, I'm not watching the boys wrestle. They're boring, but yes. Oh yeah, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> nobody uh, watches Impact Wrestling for anything. I, but I watch it when Kenny Omega's on. <laughs> I Actually, I Jay- do watch the the pay per views. I watch the the big ones. I watch it with Jay White's on it. Yeah, I have to say though, guys, highlight for me was uh, Christian Cage coming back and his uh, uh, yeah. world championship yeah. run. I just, ah oh, man, I loved it so much. Um, but anyway, so I will be throwing in some uh, some impact highlights from that. But it's weird because we talked a little bit before we went on air. It's very bleak with WWE, man. <laughs> It's very bleak. Like, yeah, uh, James, you were saying with the steel chair awards that like there was that kind of drop off. And oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, a, you've got people just walking out now. Like, so was we, as we record this, it's twenty four hours from the time that Tony Storm went. I'm off home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm enough. I'm not even going to give him a notice, and I'm just going to book a flight and didn't go. Even wait for her release. <laughs> no, that. I'm done. And quite frankly, after the way she's been treated, I'm not shocked at all. And good for her. Because it's like, ah, oh, sat around in catering for three months and then humiliated every time I go on television. Really, is this the place I want to be working? Exactly, It'll be yeah. really interesting to watch what happens with her, um, whether or not, because they're kind of caught in a bind. Um, if they just let her go, then it kind of opens the door to other people who want to leave to just yeah. say, nah, to hell with your contract, I quit. Or if they pursue her for breach of contract, you know, apparently there's a there's a lot of people saying that those WWE contracts wouldn't stand up in court and that they wouldn't want to take the chance of yeah. a, pre- a precedent <clears throat> well, being set. Well, well, we've talked about this before, Martin, haven't we? Like, how are you getting away with it? This could be like the, you know, the, as you said, the precedent to kind of stop yeah. the WWE doing the nonsense that they do where they can just release you at a... Because it cuts both ways. Obviously, if there is a way where they can just be like, we can let you go at any time. There has to be something in that contract that also allows them to pretty to much go. to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It yeah. has to be like but a two-way street, but it's probably... If you're an independent contractor, like... like that's, that's, exactly, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, as well, with Tony Storm's an interesting one because she has more than one option. I mean, AEW is probably going to be the obvious thing. But Stardom... Uh, yeah. the second biggest wrestling company in Japan at the moment, just on ticket sales... And they've got all that bushy road money that New Japan has, and they mm. want a bigger share of the market in North America. And she was a former Stardom champion. She won the Cinderella tournament. She was a big name in Stardom, so she grabbed the core audience straight away. And that's that's a brilliant. That would be a brilliant signing for them if they could get her back. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so it, there's all sorts of things out of Tony Storm isn't necessarily the best in ring worker. But she has the attitude, she has the adaptability, and she has the pure talent of uh, charisma and looks to be able to make it anywhere. But she's she's got that crossover Joshi, crossover North American style that could really hit for a different way of thinking. So I'm intrigued as to what happens with her. Really. The thing now is as well that with, um, I mean, once you go out of WWE, you're not even really limited to 
one company. You know, he's saying she was options, but she, I mean, it's a cliche now at this stage, but the forbidden door, you know, was hanging by its hinges. <laughs> well, Chelsea Green kicked it off its hinges, I believe, because she worked <laughs> for everyone at one point or another this year, except AEW. And I think mm. they just have her just for her to complete the set. <laughs> Although she was, I know it wasn't this year, but she was on a uh, all, all in, out, yeah, yeah, all in, yeah, yeah. So, but look, you know, it, as I said, it's it, 2021 has been a year that's kind of like redefined what wrestling is, uh, or wrestling as, and of course, you know, for listeners of the the True Penny Channel, like one, obviously, we're talking about North American wrestling, we're talking about WWE, AEW, Impact, and stuff. It's redefined what that is. It reset a lot of what could be done as you said the forbidden door was was kicked off as hinges um and not only that as well it's like kind of been like well you know aw now is while it's still the number two it kind of isn't you know wwe is hanging on you know we've made no secret here we believe uh wwe is getting ready to be sold or else vince is just completely insane could actually be both um like genuinely we don't know but uh, you know, it's only—it really is only a matter of time if this kind of level of performance from AEW continues. Well, we've seen with what uh, WWE's plans are for the future. This nil program, where they're yeah. literally just going for young athletes and hot athletic women, um, and then they'll just train them in the WWE style. Like, so I think what we have here is it's not even going to be a case of the first and second wrestling company. I think the products over the next couple of years are just going to become so different that they'll just be separate things they're not necessarily well, that's it. competition well that's it there will be wwe and then there'll be AEW. but guys who you actually want to see wrestle rather than i just want to go see wwe it's 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 the gap between sports entertainment and professional wrestling has yeah. become yeah. cataclysmically wide i'm very into what minoru suzuki said this year which was WWE's problem is they train, they they take a guy or a girl and go, well, they can't do this. So they top up what they can't do, forgetting mm. about what makes them unique in the first place. So, yeah. <laughs> you look at John Moxley, he's shit at everything else, but he's great at being John Moxley. That's why you go buy a ticket to see John Moxley. You know, Absolutely. He can, and, he can and, only do one thing, which is be John Moxley. I think again, one of the other. Uh, sorry, sorry Wonder. I was going to say, I think one of the other interesting things about um, all the other companies is that you get these guys who and girls who've worked up through the indies and now they're working for all these other companies and they're picking up all these different styles. And then WWE, you have the performance center style. I think it just means you get a far far better kind of buffet of uh, Mm -hmm. match types outside of WWE. Yeah, styles make They do, and they make stars. Yeah. Like, think about it. Chris Jericho, you know, he's the go-to in this. He's, you know, like him or hate him. I don't know how you can't hate him. He hates banned, all right. Still has me blocked on Twitter. <laughs> Still has me blocked on Twitter. Judas uh, slaps. It, it does. No, I, I like I like Fozzie. Oh, he actually likes Fozzie a great deal until he blocked me for no reason. Uh, no, there was a reason. But it was a bad review, like, five years ago. Get over it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and it's just like, you know, what made him unique and what makes him unique is all that all those different styles that he has all the different ways he reinvents himself is because he's been in new japan he's been in germany he's been all over america canada europe you know it, that's where you get the world the worldly feel of these guys the same with danielson omega you know 
who in WWE has that now? Like Finn Balor does, but they take him out and they destroy. They destroyed Finn Balor this year. Well, yeah, I, so I mean, it's like it's it's something I mentioned before. It's something I didn't mention this deal for chair awards. But there's been three times where you take a pro wrestler up against an MMA fighter and make stars. And the first one was Akira Hokuto and Shinobi Kandori in 1993, made mm. Hokuto a massive star and Kandori. Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch made Becky yeah. Lynch a superstar. Two completely different styles, an MMA st- realistic style against a professional wrestling style. And it happened again this year, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. You, styles make fights and they make stars, as Dara said. Yeah. I, I even, I know parts of it were maligned, but I even thought the stuff with uh, the Inner Circle and American Top Team, yeah. certain parts yeah. came across really well. They will do because it's it's about one style that flows and one style about spots, and then you can mix them. And look, we we saw with uh, you know, even in the WWE when Brock Lesnar came back, and that was Mm. his new character. But they've moved so far away from even trying to do something like that now that they that they just don't care. I think that. Hello. Hey, Dara. You there? Hey, Martin. Oh, sorry, he's dropped off there. But uh, yeah, Dara was definitely in the middle of making a very good salient point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I sorry, I was <laughs> just saying that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was just saying. Um, you know, it, it is kind of that neg- negativity that I don't want to kind of dwell on too much because as bad as WDB was, AEW and Impact and, and New Japan and stuff and all that kind of stuff were all were all really good. They recovered quite well from the from the from the pandemic. But one thing that is really sad that we should talk about real quick. Is the death of NXT? Oh my that God. really that yeah. puts the the I think that was the nail in the coffin where you're like right, it's over now. <laughs> it's as you said, sports <laughs> entertainment is here to stay, and it's going to go really sports entertainment, and wrestling is going to be elsewhere. But the, I mean, you can arguably say one of the reasons why O'Reilly and Cole and all of those other people were quite happy to let their contracts run out was because they they've seen the writing on the wall. Medium-sized guys who can go are not going to be the bread and butter of WWE for any time soon. So they may as well go somewhere where they can make some money. Well, if you even look at just even the history of TakeOver over the past four or five years, if that's your legacy, if you're looking at that as your legacy, and now you're looking at NXT 2.0, like you'd go anywhere else. you go back to the indies. Yeah. 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 Uh, It sucks as well. Like Everything that Triple H built up is null and void now. And it's just like, okay. And look, the thing about it is, look, the truth is WWE can do what they want. They're going to be around no matter what. But, um, you know, uh, from, from a wrestling perspective, from a wrestling fan, which, again, we are wrestling media, um, <laughs> you can see it on this list. So if you guys are here to, to, to get some good WWE content, it's not on this list. I think there is. <laughs> there's literally well, no one from WWE on this list except for Ron Reigns. I have one. Uh, it's, it didn't even win match of the year, but I have one. WWE honorable mention. So. Okay. Right, well, let's get into it. So we'll, we'll start with the big enchilada first. So match of the year. So I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. So we're, the way we're going to do this is we're going to do the, the write-ins first, and then we'll have uh, James give his, and then Martin, you give yours, all right? Cool. So, so uh, Ham, Hangman Page versus Omega from Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lu- the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks in a steel cage match, of course, oh, that's on Bryn. Beautiful. So James... Uh, so I'm doing my list um, because people may have heard the Trippany show from this week where we discussed my awards. So to do something slightly different, 
I'm going to compare my Asian and North American lists and give an all-world award because I didn't watch any European wrestling this year. That's anyway, <laughs> so my match of the year from Asia was Katsuyuki Nakajima versus Keno at uh, Noah's The Best about a month ago, which was a 50-minute draw with no high spots or kicks. <laughs> and you wouldn't think, uh, sorry, 60-minute draw that would just involve kicking. Oh, there was one high spot involved in the entire match. And it was an absolute thriller. And my other match of the year was Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki from AEW Rampage pre-show. And I have to say that of the two, the one I watched Obayashi versus Takashita from DDT this weekend, which came close because it was like watching AJPW in the 1990s. It was a proper King's Road thriller of a wrestling match. Obayashi works for BJW, got a standing ovation when he left. But I'm going to go with Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki purely for the layout of the match and how it made me feel as a fan. It's the only match this year I've gone back and watched again because it was it meant so much to me as a wrestling fan. And the, just the layout of it appears to be on Friday night, Tony Khan realizes he can steal a, a, a demographic or he can steal a rating. Mm. So he sets about building the biggest non-WWE TV show that's been in 20 years. Mm. And he talks to Brian Danielson, who says, I want to wrestle Minoru Suzuki. And so he calls Minoru Suzuki's agent, and Minoru, and Minoru Suzuki's out at the seaside in New Jersey. <laughs> and goes, would you like to wrestle Brian Danielson on international television or in, on, for, for AEW on Friday night? Yes, I would. I would like that a lot. And when Minoru Suzuki says, yes, you buy gum, do you get him sorted? So... They go on television on four days' notice, get an audience of half a million people on social media. And that is just insane to watch the type of wrestling I always want to watch. It's amazing. So, yeah. And then, and then Big Balls Tony goes and sticks it on Rampage buy-in on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> just Sometimes you don't know if he's a genius or if he's mad. Half a million people watched Minoru Suzuki walk down the aisle. And I never thought... I, he, I'm sure he never thought he'd have an audience that big anymore. Like, this is, he's one of the biggest stars in the world, but he's 53 years old, mm. you know, and he's, he's still one of the best wrestlers in the world. You know, he can get more out of one forearm than most wrestlers can get out of three ice spots. <laughs> and if he, wasn't, if he wasn't 53 years old, he wouldn't have the best nickname in all of wrestling, the Murder <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> I, his his name in Japan is even better, which is the man with the worst personality in the world. <laughs> I, love it. I love it so much. And continuing on with the Danielson thing, and I think you know there's a big contender to made for Brian Danielson in Wrestler of the Year, but we'll get to that. Uh, Martin, you had uh, Danielson and Omega. I did, yeah. So I, I, the my match of the year and the two honourable mentions. I just want to briefly mention. I think they all indicate a kind of a shift in wrestling this year in that it has become much more about the in-ring ability and the in-ring mm. matches. So the first uh, honourable mention would be uh, uh, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov oh, on yes. NXT that, TakeOver. I totally forgot that that was this year. That was a great match. <laughs> well, that was one of the things about trying to decide a match of the year is that you suffer from an awful lot of recency bias and then you start yeah. thinking, God, was, was Pac Omega, was that this year or was that two years ago or was that? But um, no, the second Walter Dragunov was this year and it was every bit as good as the first uh, and somewhat helped more by the fact that it had a crowd and wasn't in the empty NXT UK shed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, fantastic match. 
the second honour mention, um, Hangman versus uh, Danielson. What a, a fight. And, and I think it says a lot that the top two matches for me were both draws. Again, it goes, mm. it, it speaks to that shift to the the quality being more about the in-ring stuff. Um, but absolutely, match of the year, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson for the the big fight. I've never in a long time experienced such a big fight feel, mm. such genuine anticipation like there wasn't a story to build it up it was here are the two biggest fighters from the two biggest companies and then they went out there and they actually lived up to the hype and uh <clears throat> and now that we know omega was doing it all with uh with a laundry list of injuries i just uh for me that was match of the year that's fair i have to uh i have to give credit to omega as well for what he did in impact um, fa- fantastic match with Rich Swan, which was just unreal. And then he had a, like the match that really kind of piqued my interest more than anything else was because I love Christian Cage. Was just the the series he had with Christian Cage, and I was just like, look, I don't care if anyone else likes this. I love this, so this is brilliant. Um, but yeah, look, you can't go wrong with any of those picks. The Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks, probably the greatest cage match of all time in yeah. North America. Mm. Like, one of the greatest tag matches of all time in North America. So come on, like you know. Pick any I, of those matches. I think I think that that match was. There's very few tag matches I've seen, or any very few matches I've seen that were on that level. I mean, a lot of the yeah. Troopany Show awards, as this is our format, and you know we've used it across everything, mm. is down to arbitrary stuff like Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki is my back, and I'm not knocking the books and the Lucha Bros because it was on another level, you know, mm. but it, yeah. if, if I'm picking my match of the year, that's my match of the year for me. And I think mm. the, the Lucha Bros and stuff, the only tag team match I've seen close to it was Toyota and uh, Yamada versus uh, Dynamite Kansai and Shimoda from 94, which is the best tag match, most the best wrestling match I've ever seen. Like miles ahead, it moved wrestling forward. It's the mm. match that inspired Kenny Omega to be Kenny Omega. And mm. Kotrabushi to be Kotrabushi. So it's a once in a lifetime match. You won't, you won't see anything like that again for another 20 years. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, wrestler of the Year. Uh, Dar- Did you do your match of the year, Daryl? Yeah. I uh, I said either the, the Lucha Brothers versus oh. the Young Bucks or else uh, the entire Christian Cage uh, Omega oh, thing. Okay. okay. That was really good. Um, wrestler of the Year, Kenny Omega uh, is going to be up there, I think. Uh, even though I'm not a huge fan of him, I do have to give him a lot of props. But before we get to that, Darby Allen from Chris, which, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston from Bryn. Okay. It's a good show, I think. Yeah, yeah, like the fair, but oh, yeah. like, like to be fair, rest of the year for me has to be Daniel Bryan. And the, the reason why I say it is, is like he went from always being a good wrestler. And I'm not, a, look, I am not a Daniel Bryan fan by any stretch of imagination. I really am not um, But holy hell. <laughs> he just goes out and has these matches and you're like wow incredible like just absolutely incredible and um th- he's my pick like they're omega's up there too uh like but it's just you know y- you know what kenny omega can do right mm. daniel bryan or brian danison you forgot what he can do because he wasn't doing it for so long he just wasn't able to um and for me that's where i'm just like absolutely he has to get it what do you think james well, my two picks were two very, very different people. Um, my Asian pick was Katsuyuki Nakajima, who 
has risen to the top of Noah. He had an amazing feud with his own tag team partner, which ended up in a cage match, which is the first Noah cage match, hair versus hair, which he lost, um, but turned that into a championship winning run. And he's been on fire ever since. He's defending the GHC Heavyweight Championship against Go Shiozaki. Mm. Uh, Budokan Hall to, on, on Saturday. Uh, just it's the first of the well this week this two weeks is the big Japanese season for wrestling DDT had a massive show Glate had a massive show today um, Stardom had a massive show yesterday so you know it's the, it's the big season because we're getting to Wrestle Kingdom and everyone's same as Wrestle same as Wrestlemania in North America everyone puts a show on in late January in uh, early March in first week in January last week in December is the big show for Japanese guys Japanese companies and Nakajima was has been an outstanding year and consistently on top of everything and it's dragged Noah up Noah easily the second biggest men's promotion in Japan now um and uh, looking at going back to Ryukon on a regular basis not just as a one-off so that was my Japanese awards and my Asian awards and my American pick was Diana Perazzo because you know I, I love Omega and I love the work he's done but as Ric Flair once said, being the man and staying the man are two different things. And mm. Perazzo has been the standard for women's wrestling in North America in any company. She is Impact Wrestling's Flair or Nick Bockwinkle. She carries herself in that way. So of the two, I'm going to edge it to Perazzo. I think Perazzo has had the more difficult task of maintaining excellence throughout her year, uh, whereas Nakajima kind of had to get there. Uh, whereas Perazzo had to stay as the best there was, and she's done it with aplomb across NWA, AAA, and Impact Wrestling. And I hope that Forbidden Door has one more uh, swing left on it to get her to AEW before the end of 2022. That would be nice. I can see that happening. Yeah. I totally can see that happening. Um, quickly to move ahead there, Martin. Um, yeah. Ken- uh, oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say Kenny Omega. Yeah, so again, this was one of those things where, where you do an end of year show and you suffer from a lot of recency bias. Like when I first <laughs> saw Wrestler of the Year, it was it was Brian Danielson straight away. But mm. when you take in the whole year, like Brian Danielson, the past six months, 100% yeah. wrestler of the past six months. Mm. But um, when you take Kenny Omega right back to 2021, Kenny Omega kicked off 2021 with a match of the year candidate against Ray Phoenix and never dipped below that for the whole year. He fought in Impact, he fought in Triple he, you know, did the belt collector gimmick, working while injured. And I mean, there's so many great arguments out there for wrestler of the year. And I actually completely understand the one about Eddie Kingston, because Eddie Kingston is a wrestler who makes you want to live and die for him. Mm-hmm. Even if he doesn't have the best technical matches in the world, when Eddie comes out and Eddie get, grabs the mic or gets in the ring, like you're a hundred percent behind him. But I just couldn't not give it to Omega. Yeah, no, that's fair. No, I, I do want that makes a lot of sense as well. Like Omega is just so consistent. And as I said when I was giving it to uh, to Brian Anderson, it was like you knew you knew what Omega could do. But it's more kind of like the shock that you're like, well, after basically being retired and never thinking you're going to wrestle again to come back and be able to do what what Brian Anderson has done is pretty amazing, you know. But um, that's fair. Fair picks. Can't can't uh, can't complain about those at all. 
Uh, I'm going to skip promotion of the year because obviously it's AEW. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, James. James, what do you think? My promotion of the year is Ring of Honor. The one that doesn't exist anymore. Big I picked, I mean, my Japanese pick was Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling and I think they've done brilliantly well and they've shown real growth in the year. But Ring of Honor was the most consistent product that I watched all the pay-per-views of all the way through. Fair. They had really good representation, especially of Latino and black wrestlers, which other companies couldn't touch because they were trying to find a new roster because most of their roster had gone to AEW and they were trying to find a new niche. And mm. because they were actually the best employers through COVID who yeah. paid everybody, yeah. they agree. suffered for it. And it's not fair. And I hope they're back in April. And Jonathan Gresham and Josh Woods and Roxy and the Briscoes are going to represent them on the circuit and hopefully they get to go back to their home in April. But Very they're my promotion of the year. Do, do you have any kind of, cause, uh, me and Dara had a crack about this last week, do you have any kind of insight about what's happening in April or what the plan uh, is? I have no insight about what's happening in April, but I find it really interesting that Bandido is defending his version of the Ring or Honor Heavyweight Championship, which he never lost, at a Terminus show in Atlanta which is a company owned by Jonathan Gresham, the other Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. So I think what the big money back is going to be unification, undisputed world's heavyweight champion, or world's champion, I should say, they don't have divisions in Ring of Honor. So I think it's going to be undisputed world's champion when they come back in April, and I think they've probably got a plan. Mm. But I think it might I think it might revolve around, I would say, having some small talent on guarantee contracts like they had in about 2015, instead of the whole roster being on guarantee contracts, it might be a bit more of a Paris de Mal in Mexico situation where people were free floating in and out, which would be an interesting way of doing wrestling, I think. But you, you do see them coming back in some form. Um, I mean, uh, Rakabani is doing commentary for GCW and uh, he was angling to get on the Impact show as well for the Ring of Honor title defences there. And he's doing commentary for uh, New Japan on Strong. Uh, Coleman's got his own podcast, which is being watched from the Ring of Honor website. So I can't see it shutting down completely. I think they're even leaving as many options open as they can, but I'd love to see it back. One of the more grim not predictions, but one of the more grim outcomes me and Dara had discussed was that maybe one of the bigger companies might just buy up the tape library. I think that's a possibility. I would kind of hope it would be AEW because they've got, they've got all that ring of honor talent, but money's money. And whoever it is it, selling their library would be the easiest way to make a quick book. But, you know, it's a bit like, it's the kind of thing you should do at the very end of your career in the last desperation maneuver. But I know they've been trying to sell it for a while. Mm. Um, I would think AEW are going to have a streaming service in the end. They'd be yeah. insane not yeah. to, but they need a library because yeah. there's no point at the minute. You know, it's like even my local promotion in Grimsby, BWR, they were like, they started their their online streaming service in the pandemic purely because they had a bunch of tapes waiting yeah. from, about, from about two years. But so at least we've got something to sell <laughs> to keep yeah. sticking over. James, are so, yeah. you suggesting you wouldn't sign up to a subscription service to watch 600 Hours of Dark? <laughs> I currently, I'm currently signed up to Wrestle Universe, which co covers four companies and does a new show every day <laughs> of wrestlers you've never heard of. So apparently, yes, I would. <laughs> All right. So um, again, a, a quick one here that just has no um, no competition. 
comeback of the year. Ah. All right. So, has to be Christian Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm only kind of joking I'm not going to lie um, no but look I have to give it to CM Punk I think I think across the board everyone did both Chris Brin and uh, Martin yourself gave it to Punk as well um, I'm not going to lie I did get goosebumps when he came back but then when he started doing his four months of being a Walmart greeter happy to be here Phil uh, kind of took the, the sheen off it so a great moment just uh yeah, I think Christian. I think I think Christian Cage's um, return was a bit more, a bit more like in, in the in the long in the like the the immediate year that was twenty twenty one. We had a much better storytelling. And here's why: Christian Cage had his moment with Edge in the Royal Rumble at the beginning of the year. Left was written off TV basically after the whole Randy Orton thing, and then show back up in AEW. Went over to TNA. Won the or Impact Wrestling won the title, and I'm like, well, man, that's pretty cool. Yep. So, jokingly, but also not really. <laughs> and, had, and had great matches the whole time. Oh man, consistently oh. great matches. In fact, I'm, the only the only thing that kind of let his comeback down was if if he had to just come back on that pay per view. I can't remember which one it was, but um, if he had to just come back, that would have blown the roof off the place. It was the fact that they hyped it up so much; everyone thought it was going to be Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and it's just like I think as well, the Christian Cage thing is funny, and we will jump to Punk in a second. But the Christian Cage thing is funny because like people, I think they've been conditioned to not know how big of a star he actually is or how good he actually is because they didn't watch TNA in two thousand and five. Yeah, not many people did. <laughs> um, I remember I was there. Uh, it was a very niche audience, but his run was really cool, and the people who knew were like, "He's actually great." But what was interesting was. Over that whole, like, well, three, four months where it was happening, people were like, Oh, Christian Cage is really good. I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> like, welcome to the, the club, you know. So, for me, it was really cool. It was completely, I never thought that would happen, genuinely, just did not think that would happen in a million years, but it was still really, really cool to see. But we have to talk about CM Punk. So, CM Punk, of course, came back, everyone lost their collective, you know what, Martin, the floor is yours. Uh, the return of the year, the return of the decade, um, and, and an absolutely sensational, like you say, moment, whatever you thought about the run, the uh, the return at the first dance was something that was, I know the guy became a meme, the guy crying in the audience, but I think there was like genuine, genuine emotion um, that a lot of people felt, and you know, genuine emotion, maybe something that's a wee bit rarer in wrestling nowadays. Yeah. Um, and whatever you think of, like I say, of his run since that, I personally have loved it. Uh, but he he brought that back, and if only for that one night, it's still real to me. Damn it! It did have that. It did have that. Um, that impact. All right. Uh, like, look, as I said, great moment taken in of itself. When he did the legs crossing thing, I'm like, oh no, no, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a bad we're in a bad spot. Uh, and I think now he's kind of come out of it um, by actually like being a character again, rather than as I said. Look, I don't care if it's over if 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 it's an overworked meme, but it's true. He was like a Walmart reader, like you know, yeah, hyping up the crowd. I think the thing here with, and it's just with very... happy to, I think the thing with happy to be here, Phil, was that 
There was there was nothing else they could do. Everywhere he that was went, it. Yeah. it was just deafening cheers. Yeah. And I think they just said, look, you're just going to have to do that for the first year. Yeah. And then, but I mean, we've seen um, how the right story can change it. When Absolutely. he went up against Kingston, that's people when were cheering Kingston. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's when it changed. I do think that, that, you know, that kind of put me back on the boat where I'm like, actually, no, you know, Punk can still can still go once he's given like there was never a doubt that he could go the the, the uh, he seven years a lot of ring rust no he I mean, did especially of, especially for a guy who's not a high spot guy he's a well I, I would say he did an awful lot of damage to him to his actual character by doing mma and getting legitimately <laughs> battered <laughs> we, we like, gotta go over this again Dar. well we do we <laughs> we, we flip and have to me and Dar um, have had this fight of it three times. We have. <laughs> and we're going to do it again at the end of the year, drunkenly over Christmas like we're supposed to, like friends do. <laughs> the, the, the reason why is because he he delegitimized himself. You know, he, he built up his career where he's like, oh, I'm the best MMA, blah, blah, blah. blah. And he goes in and doesn't get battered. And he's like, ah, no. So he, he The response to- I always give is that uh, he's a wrestler and he went into MMA. Like, you wouldn't criticize... A boxer for losing a kickboxing match. No, you know what's like though. It's like when you have, you know, your friend who's like, "Oh, I kill him," you know, and then he gets into a fight, gets battered. You're like, "Ah, oh, I remember when he got battered." <laughs> it just never goes away. <laughs> Years later. But don't tell yeah. me that. I have my first MMA fight coming up in three weeks. Don't tell yeah, me. But you, but you <laughs> it haven't never goes your, away. But you haven't built your gimmick around being the best <laughs> MMA fighter in the world, or the best fighter in the or world, or the best fighter in the world. Yeah. That's what that's what think, Punk was saying. No, I think that's the one problem with Punk with me. He's always talking about like being the best performer in the world, and it's like it's a bit like when Brian Danielson came to AEW, it was like. Oh, Punk says he wants to be the best performer in the world and really want to work these with these young guys. Now I want to kick the fucking heads in. Yeah, <laughs> that's how he should have responded. You know, exactly. that's that's. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the one. I I love Punk as a performer. I love Punk as a talker. But his just tweak that character to be about winning, yeah. for rather than performing, because it's yeah. like. Yeah, but when you yeah. look as when you look at the at the rest like at at AEW as a whole, I mean, you can't have the two guys who are there to kick heads and be the, like, like those two are on, it might be long-term, but those two on a collision course. Oh, they are, yeah, yeah. That's, Absolutely, yeah. that's going to be amazing, you know? That's, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's all out, like, probably two years away, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. For the belt. Danielson, holy hell. For, that's... for the belt, mark my words, two years. Right. Um, but the thing about it is, look, Punk, he, he had to overcome this. This was something that as soon as he lost as badly as he did he was going to have to overcome this and looks like he has kind of overcome it now where it's like all right fair but what they should have done is they should have actually leaned into it if i was booking that i would have said here kingston talk about the mma thing incessantly (laughs) and and, and just properly just beat him over the head with and in that way it's like okay we've we've got it out in the open now it's 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 over but i think what the the route he did went was actually pretty good i think it's coming with the mjf stuff i think mjf is gonna lean heavy into that next year you have to like there's only there is only one way to do this and that's like get it over with so it's like part of the storyline and then it moves on the only thing with that is mjf has to lose then and he's only lost one big feud against the main star so he's kind of got to come out at least a little bit ahead on this we'll see well see that's why (laughs) he can lose they can do a best of three thing you know like punk doesn't really Mm. necessarily need to win all the time like you could do a best of three or you know a rubber match or something like that so M- mjf has a way of humiliating his opponents 
without actually burying them. Like he, he told Darby Allen, I'm going to beat you with a headlock takeover. And he beat him with a headlock takeover. And mm-hmm. anyone else that would have buried. But man, MJF's just, I think he's just money. He's going to be the top gay in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Apparently WWE really want him too. So I, d- I just don't, I don't see it. Cause I think he's a gay who, um, look, everybody wants their payday. Yeah. But I think he knows that he would never be allowed to be MJF. All you have to do is show him EC3 and go, do you really want to be a mute? Because that's what they do to you. <laughs> but is, like, how do you write promos for MJF? Like, you know, yeah, you what ideas can you possibly come up for that character other than better than the ones that he's going to come up with? There, there aren't any. No. You know, it's just, just it's, it's silly. <laughs> but, you know, he can't walk into the company. I mean, I was reading the interviews about Karen Cross and Scarlett this week, and they were like, we did our level best to be nice people that didn't want to rock the boat, and we wanted to be, you know, we didn't want to be considered to be difficult to work with, as Keith Lee mm. got labelled with that. And yeah. it's like, and we got saddled with this shit, so what do you do? I, I wouldn't mind, <laughs> mind Karen Cross, they had a ready-made package, and they ruined it. And it's like, yeah. you had everything you want, yeah. It's fine the way it is. What are you doing? <laughs> and then you fired him as if it was his fault. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. But that's that's, it that's it. That's it. And I mean, we talked about Tony Stone earlier, but she was quite. She obviously saw the writing on the wall as well. Yeah, you know, it's like but, I'm going nowhere. Someone wants me to go nowhere, so I'll go. Then. You'd also have to convince if you're going to bring MJF over, you'd have to go right. Here's a load of money. Here's a huge pile of money. Uh, but for at least the next year or two, you have to stop wrestling in the main event with top stars in front of 20,000 yeah. people and go to NXT 2.0. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. And it's the same. It's one Don't of the see reasons, it. <laughs> one of the reasons why they'll never get Okada. There, there yeah. was negotiations with Okada like five or six years ago. And I think he probably said, yeah, four million every year and I run a main event. <laughs> and that's no, it. That's because you know, that, that's what he get in New Japan. So why shouldn't he get that in WWE? And um, you know the, the manager one is an interesting one. I don't know. Like I, I don't really have much to say on on the whole manager thing. But there is an interesting one here, the, and I do I do like this one. I am just conscious of time. <laughs> the Mick the Mick Foley Machizo Award. I do enjoy this one, uh, James. It's, it's gas. <laughs> and Darby Allen pretty much won it across the board for everybody. I'm gonna I'm gonna say John Moxley, um, but Darby Allen won it across the board. I, I had a sushi Anita because yeah. the match he had in the states was hilarious, and we did an entire podcast about it. Me, John, and Brett from FMWWrestling.us because Brett was there and he told right. us the whole backstage story. You've got to go listen to that podcast because it's fantastic so just 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 for our listeners who are listening in, in dublin and don't know what this award actually symbolizes can you kind of give us some background um, the, the mick foley masochism award is for wrestlers who have put themselves either mentally or physically on the line for the industry um or purely just to get a big payday <laughs> to be honest with you so previous winners have been people like john moxley for like the the sacrifices for the industry and sometimes just people who've been through the grinder and we we wish to to give them uh some support because they mm. deserve it um uh, but yeah 2021 is the year that i got an appreciation for nick gage ah which yeah, is, yeah 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 and i, I would mind like uh shame dave isn't here but you know he's here in spirit 
Uh, I had but, I had down as uh, honorable mention uh, Matt Cardona because I thought he yes took yes. a yes. shitty gimmick and yes. he or not a shitty gimmick a shitty deal and he just made a hell of a run on the on the Indies. I tell you, his indie matches were were super good, man. He went out and got himself murdered because he, he did, had because yeah. yeah. he had to. Um, I also had down just now. This is because it was all sort of concentrated in one match, but um, uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, yes, for their yeah. lights out match. But yeah, brilliant for brilliant in match. terms of longevity, in terms of every week, even just purely for the way he does a suicide dive, as if it is a literal suicide dive. <laughs> Dar- Darby Allen, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, but, no argument for me. Dara, just before you skip over best manager, if nobody else has has any objections, then I want to award it to uh, Arm Danderson. Oh no, <laughs> this is why I skipped over it. <laughs> oh, I have Rebel because I thought she was brilliant. So, uh, well, you I love Arm Art for for sheer madness for whether he was out the back of Cody's house with a bane burning all his clothes or he, <laughs> or he was talking about how he'd pull a Glock on the carjacker <laughs> just Arn was just fantastic Paul Heyman and um, Alex Arbranes that how you say it? Bryn what are you doing to me? you know I can't read <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't, they're in WWE I don't, I don't watch know. that I don't know what this is um, but anyway that's who Bryn picked I don't really, I don't really have a manager pick this year. Uh, actually, actually, no, I lie. Um, oh, name escaped me though. Who was, who was uh, Omega's floozy? Don Callis. Don Callis. There we go. <laughs> Don Callis gets it. Don Callis um, gets it. Yeah, he, that, that's a that's a really good call. Can can we rename this to the floozy of the year award? <laughs> No, because no. that's that's a hideous kind of sexist approach to the whole thing. Considering about that men. most managers are women. We're all men in this case, though. We haven't picked one woman. Rebel. Uh, Rebel. Oh, Rebel. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, Mio Abi in Japan was my other pick, who was also female. So we'll see. Well, see, James. James, you know, isn't aware of how we use this term. Floozy was mainly applied to whoever follows Chris Jericho around. I, and <laughs> also, I had down as an honourable mention Ethan Page, who, while he is not a woman, has the tightest tits in the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I still think Floozy of the Year is like the is a good one. <laughs> All right, uh, so most improved, uh, pretty much everyone went for Tony Conti, except for uh, Chris, who went for Roman Reigns for finally developing a character. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Um, uh, I, okay, who are you Ali Catch from okay. GCW, because she went from being this kind of sweet, nice girl who was, you know, really just happy to be there to being this killer heel. Uh, for most of 2021 to the point where they just started cheering her because she was that good. And she developed this online character that that has been the main event for GCW, tagging with uh, Effie against Matt Cardona and uh, Chelsea Green. And it's burned the house down and got Unreal. them to the Manhattan Center in New York. So for me, she's been an outstanding performer and really improved as a wrestler in the last 12 months as well. Unreal. Uh, Martin? Uh, yeah, yeah, I went Ty Conti just because the the visible difference over the past year has been astonishing but um i would like to mention uh dante martin yes a, r- a really young guy and a tag team with his brother and then had that whipped out from underneath them 
and stepped up to you know main event level stuff. I thought that was really impressive. I'm going to go with uh, WWE Crown Jewel for actually being good this year. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a complete waste of time. So that gets my most improved this year. <laughs> and finally, and, and no one. journalists murdered. So and, uh, <laughs> that's and no held up in the airport. <laughs> baby, baby steps. Numerous <laughs> other human rights violations are available. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm finally allowed because I'm conscious of time. We have our moment of the year. So moment of the year is it, it is a, a personal thing. Uh, Hanma, Hangman wins wins the title is what Bryn went with. WWE debuting for WWE for sorry I wish it for WWE for WWE uh, still gives me chills from Chris. I'm gonna say my moment of the year was when I was on the the Thunderdome and I got to see it myself. Laughing. Hey. <laughs> was hilarious. I was just like, ah, oh, this is ridiculous. But it was just funny. So that was my moment of the year. James, what have you got? Um, I did have Punk returns to AEW, but I'm going to put it down to Katsuyu Shibata at the G1 final because he does returns differently to everybody else in the world. Doesn't tell anyone he's doing anything. Mm. Turns up, his music hits, he comes out. And as a match with Zack Sabre Jr., despite the fact that like two years ago he kicked, get kicked in the head so hard he had to retire. Um, and just had a grappling match with Zack Sabre Jr. and everyone in the building was going like it's Cassius Shibata, please don't die it's Cassius Shibata, don't, please don't die um, and he's got a match at Wrestle Kingdom against X in a Lancastrian rules catch wrestling match because yeah. he said at the press conference pro wrestling is based around the Lancastrian style and I just instantly imagined him with a whippet and a flat cab in a pub in Oldham they should do that. Totally do it. <laughs> um, Martin, what have you got? Yeah, um, Hangman wins the title. Uh, the payoff to three yeah. years of exceptional storytelling. The match itself was incredible. Um, the payoff was what everyone wanted. There was a after, like we didn't know after the past two years what was going to happen. With a, uh, there was a full crowd there to greet him. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was another one of those moments that was uh, up there with Punk in terms of real emotion. The other moment of the year is entirely negative, and it's the uh, the exploding ring from oh, no. Revolution. <laughs> oh, no. Which just, which did, like, not only did it overshadow what was a, an amazing match. Two guys absolutely murdered each other, but all everyone remembers is the, is the farting ring at the end. Um, that, that's what makes that Onita match so incredible because um, he insisted on bringing his own explosive experts from Japan with him and they tried to get the explosives on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go down well. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well. But what, what got me most about the, about the exploding ring was I vividly remember, even though it was four in the morning and I was half cut, I vividly remember sitting up watching that and the build, the emotional build was so fantastic. Mox was battered and bruised. Kingston came running out to help him. The countdown went down and he gave up and he just threw his body over him and you were ready for this just emotional peak. I honest to God think the Fart that followed set AEW back by a by a year. It did, yeah. It did. Um, well, as bad as that was, I will remind you how the year started with Lexabis throwing fireballs at people. <laughs> the yeah. bar wasn't very high. 
<laughs> I think, yeah, I think if we could have a like, just I know you're conscious of time, but if we could have like just another award for just like called the Just Stop Award, it would be no more magic, no more winking dolls or zombies, or you can have someone who's spooky or someone who's like, oh, I don't know how they did that, but it's somewhat plausible, but no more overt magic. Just well, but then that means that means we're never going to have the fiend anywhere because he can't do anything other than that. That's his whole gimmick. No, but but like <laughs> if you did the fiend properly, he's just a mental guy who puts on a mask and goes mad. There's loads of them. All right, folks, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix ninety two point five FM. If you want the full show, there's two ways you're going to be able to get it. Join us live eleven thirty p.m. six thirty p.m. Eastern. Over on the Wrestling Rewind YouTube channel, TheWrestlingRewind.com will get you there and you can uh, join the chat and uh, join in on the fun. Also, if you want, you can check us out on the podcast. The podcast um, can be got from our, our channel, Nerd to Know Media. You can subscribe there or you can go to the Two Penny channel uh, or the Two Penny Show channel and you'll be able to get it there. For free, no cost to you, and there's a whole bunch of content there as well. But thank you for checking us out here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, the wrestling run. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.